Break a leg. Block Break a leg. Radio. Uh oh. Soji Huggles Children's Foundation, a nonprofit dedicated to providing the basic necessities of life to underprivileged children. 
I'm also a board-certified integrative holistic health therapist with a private practice in Sussex County, New Jersey, where Energy Awareness Radio streams to you live each and every week. You know, we have a big show tonight, so I'm opting to skip our Now You Know segment and get right to it because we have a wonderful guest. We want to get in as much information as we can in the time that we are allotted. And my guest is Lisa Najjar. Lisa was a court reporter until she channeled a message from Walt Disney, who asked her to write a book. And that's when she began reporting for a higher court, not the Supreme Court, but the Celestial Court. She is an international psychic medium, transformational speaker, and author of Dying to Tell You, Channeled Messages from the Famously Dead, which is our topic for discussion this evening. Lisa is passionate about raising consciousness on the planet, and since energy is of the same mind, this is a perfect pairing. She is the executive producer and intuitive consultant for an award-winning documentary called What If the Movie and the creator of What a Fool Believes, a spiritual comedy talk show. Welcome to the show, Lisa. Thank you so much for being here and joining us tonight at Energy Awareness Radio. How are you being? Oh, thank you. Thank you so much for having me. It's a real pleasure. Oh, and I good. am being great. I am being fantastic, oh, you got it. actually. Thank you for picking up on that. <laughs> Not everyone does. I'm so glad you did. I thought you would. <laughs> yeah. You know, your book, Dying to Tell You, Channeled Messages from the Famously Dead, is, is very interesting. It's funny. It's enlightening. It's inspiring. It's a really quick read because you just want to keep going and hear what everyone has to say to you so that we can learn from them. So before we get into the the real meat of the book, would you tell us how you actually came to write this book? Like, what's your story? My story is sort of interesting. I was, in fact, a court reporter. Now, I've always had a passion to help raise consciousness on the planet, always. And um, But I never dreamed I would do it this way. I was a natural-born medium, but I didn't use it other than for friends and family, just when they really, really, really needed me. Um, but otherwise, I just went about and lived in the sort of 3D world. And Walt Disney came to me very uh, unbiddenly. And uh, the first time he came, actually, it was to tell me never to give up on my dream. And the dream at the time was a TV show that had been downloaded to me uh, in answer to a prayer that was, Dear God, show me what my path is. And this beautiful TV show came through a spiritual comedy show. And uh, so Disney came in and told me not to give up on that, that he would help me get it out on the air. So that's how it began. And then a few years later, he came to me and asked me if I would do a project for him. And I said, no. Well, he said it was a book (laughs) and it would be famously dead people, you know, historical figures and famous celebrities. And it would be speaking about what they learned since they crossed over. And it sounded wonderful. But I said, no, I'm I'm not a writer. I'm a single mother. I'm trying to put food on the table. I can't suddenly jump into being a writer. What what on earth? What? And I said, no. (laughs) And uh, so, you know, he let me off the hook there for a few years. And then uh, (laughs) it was Good Friday of 2015. Oh, geez, you're kidding. It was Good Friday? my (laughs) My favorite weekend my favorite weekend of all the whole calendar and it was good Friday. And of course that would be the day. And, and he yeah. came along with George Harrison and Abraham Lincoln. So the three of them came 
and said, now will you do it? And I said, well, yes, now my son is off in university. I feel I can do this now. So I did. And that's kind of how that started. But listen, expect the unexpected because I never would have dreamed this up in a million years. I guess so. And who says no to Disney? I mean, that is just crazy. (laughs) It's funny. Yeah, you did. You had to, and I get it. But, you know, timing is everything, as you know. So you are letting them know this is not the time. Timing is everything. Why are you coming to me now? But more importantly, (laughs) you know, you said it was an answer to a prayer, which is very interesting because there's quite an array of celebrities who came forward to offer messages to you. And I know me, and I know I would have been hesitant and doubtful, which is probably why no one comes to me because I have too much doubt. But that aside, one of the historical figures who offered you a message, and I'm going to start with the biggie, was Jesus. So how did you know, or maybe I should say why, why did you believe it really was Jesus? Did you ask for validation? I know I would have, (laughs) I have to say. No, I didn't. And the reason is because Up until then, while I had never done this in terms of channeling famous historical figures, I uh, actually had already a relationship with Mother Mary, uh, Jesus, um, some of the archangels, Archangel Raphael, Archangel Michael. I've already had experiences with them, and they have come to me aside from this book. So we already had a a complete sort of, um, uh, what would you call it? Well, we had a relationship. We had a a thing already. So I knew exactly that it was that. It was the other ones that was that were shocks to me. I mean, who would even think that famously dead people would I mean, I didn't know they came to anybody. I mean it just it seems so kind of out there to me when it happened. And I mean, that see, I, that I didn't know if I could believe. See and that makes sense to me because I know from people who I know a lot of psychic people and, and mediums and stuff and they'll say if they find if anybody can find a way to get through. They'll go to anything if they know you're a connection because I have one friend who will call me sometimes and she'll start giving me information and I'll say, wait, I have to get a pen. And I literally become like a messenger and I start taking information from her and I deliver messages to people. And some of them are a person I know who knows someone who knows someone who has a relative that. And I'm like, seriously, I have to deliver this message to somebody and say, you have to go through all of this effort to to get this message. And it's like, yep, you do. So, you know, if they can find an in, they will. But I'm thinking, you know, Jesus, because I'm not that special. He would not be coming to me. You know, <laughs> he knows me too well. It thinks she doesn't believe me. She'll ask for validation. He doesn't want to go through the hassle. That was just a biggie to me. I can understand it from your perspective. But to me, it was like, wow, Jesus came to her. That's really cool. But since you have a relationship well, with Mother Mary, it kind of makes sense. <laughs> well, yes. And Jesus had come to me a number of years earlier and it, I call that my, other than having my son, I say that was my most profound moment of my life, is what happened is he came to me and he showed me, well, it was in, it, I actually went through and did a regression because I was having these recurring nightmares. Every night of the week, I would have this same dream, well, a nightmare, and I was driving along on narrow strip of land, uh, water on both sides of me. And then next thing you know, the water's pouring over top of me and and I would wake, I would be drowned. And so this went on night after night. And I thought, my God, did I perhaps have some near drowning when I was a child? I don't know. So I went to a trained therapist who I really trust, who does regressions. And so I said, take me back to my childhood and let's see what happened here. She took me back. Nothing was there. And then we went, 
she, and then we slipped back into my last life. Well, first of all, we slipped into, yes, my last life, and I was a five-year-old boy. And I, went, I lived through this. I was this little five-year-old boy in the car with my now father and uh, my mother and, and some, ch- some siblings. And my father was depressed, and he was driving us into the water. That's, what, how, that's how I died. Oh, my God. So he's driving us into a lake. He, he kills us, and I go through the death process of that. And it was, I mean, well, you would think traumatic, but I guess the way the therapists do it, I mean, thank God she was a trained therapist. I wouldn't have wanted to go through that with just somebody that took a weekend course. But um, she was a trained therapist and took me through. And when I got to the light, into the light, Jesus came. And the therapist could tell somebody was there and said, whoa, like I can see on your face, somebody's there. Who's there? And I said, Jesus. I said, don't talk to me right now because he's, he's giving me a message. So what he said is you have to go right back into another lifetime. And I said, what? No, I just got here. I don't want to go. And he said, you must go because your father's coming back and you must help him. And um, secondly, I want to show you something and you're to go back into your next life and tell the world what I have shown you. And at that moment, he showed me a movie film of all these, uh, well, the worst kinds of crimes you could imagine, pedophile, murder, rape, um, you know, theft, adultery, whatever, you name it, it, he showed me a a movie film of all of that. And after each clip, he would say, what do you see here? And I would look at them and say, they're perfect and beautiful. And then he'd show me the murderer. They're perfect and beautiful. And this went on. And he said, now go back into your next life and tell the world what I have shown you here. And I said, but I'm not worthy. And he said, wait, what are you? And I said, I guess I'm perfect and beautiful. So that was something I had to uh, experience. And so he's already, you know, come to me before in that way, but also in, we'll call it waking moments as well. So we've already had that established sort of trust and relationship. Yeah. Wow. That's a lot. (laughs) Mm -hmm. It really is. You know, when he came to you with messages for this book, he came I shouldn't say he came with George Harrison. George Harrison specifically stated that he was shadowing Jesus and Jesus let him. It didn't dawn on me that shadowing anyone on the other side to learn was an option, let alone, you know, shadowing Jesus, you know, uh, why is George Harrison doing that? Did you ever learn why is it? He can't become Jesus. Usually you shadow someone to become or do their job as they do. So what is, what is George Harrison doing with, with Jesus? Do do you know? Well, I don't think he explained it completely, but my sense of it when I was channeling him was that, yeah, he's a pretty highly evolved being. And, and what I'm being told by spirit is that we are all going into what we call the ascension. So we're all going up vibrational notches. Everybody is you are, I am Mm -hmm. everyone listening. We're all going up. And uh, will we all be Jesus? No, not necessarily, but we're all moving in that direction. And he was obviously uh, trained enough through many lifetimes. His vibration was high enough that he was able to be at that level where he's kind of an apprentice. And yeah, we definitely, I, in fact, in my sessions, when I read people, I've often, not often, but occasionally I come across somebody who's, who's an apprentice to say St. Germain or, uh, Archangel Michael or Raphael or one of them. So yeah, we absolutely and we just do it in various lifetimes again and again. We just it's like if you studied piano over and over lifetime after lifetime or took up art. 
over time you'd become a master at that because you're doing it lifetime after lifetime and that's kind of what's happening george is a a high higher evolved soul is what it is do you think there's more higher evolved souls now because that's what the world needs yes and a lot of them are coming in uh in the form of our beautiful young people and they speak to that in the book because these young kids a lot not all but a lot of them, uh, Spirit has told me, have come in with more of what we call the Christ consciousness or uh, whatever. Let's call it unity consciousness or, or God consciousness. And they've come in with that. And so they have more awareness. They're more connected. They, they, and they see everything actually the way it's supposed to be seen, not the way this 3D world leads, it, leads us to believe it should be. So we need to be listening to the young people is what they're telling me. And I'm all for it because I think they're, they're amazing. They are amazing. The, the thing that I see that is almost, uh, you know, a complete opposite is that they use technology so much. They're not using their social skills as much. And they're not, they're certainly not doing the etiquette thing as well. They're not as courteous they're not they want things their way and that's hard sometimes and so when you say that that they're coming in to to teach us these things and to make the the changes that we need I really hope they do but I hope along the way they don't you know they pick up some of that stuff because it's really difficult sometimes to uh, to deal with them and there are actually seminars out there that I've, had, I've attended and I thought oh my goodness this is how they want us to teach young people to you know tell them you can dress however you want at work you can work whatever hours you want I'm sorry this is a business these are the hours this is the dress code so sometimes I see those things and it it's a complete opposite of what I read in your book and I thought well this is good it must be almost like split that we have, we have two sets of beings coming in that are diametrically opposed to each other for some reason, maybe to learn from each other. Do you see that or do you not see that? Yes, because, and it's like everything. It's like everything. There's always, you know, the, the good, well, I don't even like using good and bad, right. but you know, the yeah. higher, the lower, the lighter, the dark, you know, there's always mm-hmm. that. And so for sure, for sure. But the funny thing is, from what I'm understanding anyways, and this is just my current understanding, the ones, the kids that are coming in that are higher consciousness kids, they'll more than make up for all the others. Because yeah. if, somebody, if somebody raises their vibration, even you and I, if we spend you know, five minutes a day practicing, say, kindness or stillness or sending out love or whatever to raise our own vibration, that has a ripple effect and that changes the frequency everywhere all around us. So one higher vibrational child or youth or 20 something changes the whole classroom. So, I mean, it's, it's wonderful. We, we don't need a whole lot of them. We just need some of them. And, um, and that's how energy works. And you see them more and more on TV coming out with new programs they've developed with new ideas, with helping people and they're younger and younger and younger. And they're coming from their hearts, which is wonderful because when we're born, we're born into this world, little bundles of joy, full of love. That's what we are. That's what we're made from. That's what our energy is. Our true essence is of love. So, you know, when they come in and they're like that and they're allowed to stay that way because sometimes society gets their hands on them, teachers, parents, siblings, you know, friends, neighbors, whatever. And, and we take that away from the kids too soon. But now you see these kids that are young and the parents go right along with it. And they're like, yes, that's right. It's a beautiful thing to see. And I am seeing that more and more of the really young 
people coming in, like five and six-year-olds saying, I set up a lemonade stand so that I could make money to feed the family down the street. You know, they're really coming from their hearts. They're living from their hearts. And I think that's terrific to see. It just, you know, when you see that happening, you realize, yeah, there is a lot of good coming into this world. I hope there's enough to make the shift. And I firmly believe, I mean, I'm an energy therapist. I firmly believe that, you know, the good outweighs the bad and that energy does when you raise your vibration, it brings it up for everybody that you're in contact with. So it's not, you know, there is more good than there is negative. So I agree with you on that score completely. Um, I do remember in the book, you did an exercise with Jesus that was really wicked cool. And it was very heartfelt. And you know, Lisa, you could kind of feel it coming through the pages. Like when I read what was happening, you could really, we could do it as a reader. I could do it too. So I was wondering if you would speak to that because I thought that was a, a really important part to your book. Yes, it's true. And, and it's funny because the, the beings in my book did say that there would be a vibration on an energy in the book that those who have it would feel. Mm-hmm. It. And, and I, and I didn't know what to make of that, but now you say that it's reminding me that they told me that that would happen. So, um, yeah, well, it is. It's because everybody is just a reflection of us. They really are. And so, and I have to remember this. Listen, I mean, how many times have I read it, heard it, thought it, and, and got it from them? And still I forget. Still I'm kind of whining about this person was rude on the phone, or this person did this, or this person did that, as recently as this morning. I mean, it, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm one of, you know, we're all the same. We're all human. But yeah. I try to catch myself as often as I can, as quickly as I can. It often doesn't mm-hmm. happen right the minute it happens, but say five minutes or even five days later, I can try to catch myself and go, wait a minute, what are they reflecting? What is it that they're trying to show me here? There's something in me that clearly is being triggered so that I can look at it, so that I can heal it. And that's really what Jesus wanted us to know is that, that they're all, everyone we see out there is just somebody that's there to trigger us to show us something we need to look at. That's it. And I have to tell you, I was reading that. And as I was reading it, I was laughing because I have this discussion with a friend on a continual basis about, you know, yeah, these people are a reflection of us and you do get better and better at being able to see that and accept it and realize, yeah, okay, I really shouldn't be judging that person. I shouldn't be that mean. I shouldn't be thinking these things. The more you practice it and it does get quicker so you can catch it sometimes instantaneously other times it takes like you Mm -hmm. said five days a week it might take a month but you do realize oh yeah okay that person is a part of me and it makes sense because you know we're we're all coming from the same source so we're all a piece of each other and if you can look at it that way and you realize everything that you do affects everybody else and it hurts you but it also affects everybody else sometimes it's easier if you realize you're affecting other people more than yourself so you can back off of the, the judging and the comparison and, and all of that. Do you agree with that? Yes. And, and another component, uh, and yes, 100% yes. And then another piece, which I'm finding out doing readings. So I do private readings. And a lot of my readings, especially if deceased loved ones are coming in, because I do psychic and mediumship work. And usually in a session, there's a little bit of both. And so when somebody comes in, let's say it's a deceased husband or brother or father or mother and we have not had resolution maybe that they were an alcoholic or they abandoned us or they just weren't a good parent or they abused us or they just they just 
you know, were absent or whatever the case may be, or you had a falling out, or maybe you couldn't get to their bedside when they were dying. Whatever the case is, we're sitting there holding all this guilt or shame or anguish or resentment or anger towards that person, and we think, oh, my God, well, they're, they're gone. I guess we can never resolve this. But in my work, we do a lot of that. And in fact, these deceased loved ones come in because they desperately want to make peace now. They, now they can talk. Now they're no longer that alcoholic. Now they're no longer absent. And now they've seen the life review where not only do you see what you said, did, and thought, but you get to see what you did to others, what you said to others, and what you thought from the perspective of that person. So that father becomes me. Or that mother becomes me, and they become us, and they can see how it affected us. And it's not in a judgy, bad, scary way. In fact, there's no blame, no shame, and no judgment. What it is is to show us how we missed the mark. That's it. And how we could have made a different choice. And that's how we learn. So when they see that, they really know how we felt. And then they want to come in, and they're desperate, some of them, to come in and have a talk with their loved one. And so much can be resolved. You wouldn't believe. So many of my clients will say, my God, this was five years or ten years, like, like where boulders felt like they were sitting on my shoulders, and they're gone now. I can finally sleep. I can finally be at peace because I know I've resolved something. Or he came to apologize. Or he explained what karmic thing was going on that caused all this i mean so you get to dig in there and find out what what was the reason we set all this up because actually we set we set everything up by ourselves for ourselves and they're just playing a role for us so it's very interesting when you dig in there and find out what's really going on so when people understand some of that there's how can we blame anyone after that there's karmic reasons for it there's trigger reasons there's teaching reasons there's all kinds of things going on that aren't just, oh, you hurt me. You're just a bad person. No, it doesn't work like that. So it's been fascinating, this journey of discovery that I've had. And that goes for things like death, divorce, everything, anything. Uh, I can find out what got set up. You know, maybe I left so-and-so in a past life. So then we've agreed for me to feel that compassion for them and to balance that karma we've agreed that i would come in and maybe he leaves me and so um i get sometimes the the the, the luxury and it's a blessing to find out some of these dy- dynamics and then it can take the sting and the hurt sometimes out of a lot of these tragic things that are happening for people yeah i can see how that can happen a couple of the celebrities and two that i remember the most uh regarding my next question is michael jackson and marilyn monroe now michael jackson died like 10 years ago and marilyn monroe i mean i don't even know she died like you know centuries ago as far as i'm concerned i have no idea but um, she died a long time ago and they both are still just like in the meadow and just resting and relaxing and taking time to heal and i know i'm talking human time versus time that they have over there but it seems like for some of them, it just takes a whole lot longer for them to heal or be able to get their energy level back to a place where they could potentially come back again. Uh, you know, the time that it takes to heal from the human experience, do we choose to come back to a new life? I know you were dictated to at one point. And if so, is the time we choose to do that up to us, or do we need to complete this 
this learning phase that they speak about. Yeah, and every soul, it's it's different. The journey is different uh, for everybody. If if somebody's died unexpectedly, say, got hit by a car, walked out the front door, got hit by a car, or tragically or shockingly, say a death, a uh, quick death, you know, uh, something that just suddenly happened, or maybe it was a long and painful death, or maybe their life was really long and hard or short and difficult. Uh, or suicides. I mean, there's all these reasons why people take a little longer on the other side to sort of what I call come to. But when they do come to, so to speak, it's not really that, but I'll just say it that way. Then there's lots of things that they go through. They, Of course, they're reviewing. It takes a while to review all the nuances of the life before. And again, see where they missed the mark, where they could have made different choices. And then, and then even the planning to go into their next life takes some time because it's a major production. We plan who we're coming back with. What are the themes? What are we going to be learning? Who are the main players? It's like putting on a big, a big movie production, a, a theater sure. production. And we pick all the players and we have a hand in all that. So it, t- it takes a while. But also, I mean, I don't know what the time frame is on the other side generally, but most people, unless it's a suicides, and this is why I like to speak to suicides, people who are thinking about suicide is saying, no, don't do it. Because from what I understand from all the suicides that have come back to me, come to me and talk to me, we come right back in with exactly the same set of circumstances. So you don't mm. get to escape one bit. And wow. so um, they come right back. They don't get a rest period. They come straight back in. And um, so that's something that, you know, should be a big deterrent to killing yourself because gosh, yeah. to escape a bad life, well, you can't. You can't even die your way out of it is how it is. Yeah, and to start so, from square one is you got to go through it all over yeah. again to the point where you made that decision, and now you have to not make that decision. That Yeah, that mm-hmm. has to be brutal for the person who's living that, that life. Yeah, that really has to be mm-hmm. hard. Uh, now, Marilyn Monroe, she said, there really are no shoulds here, just wants. And to me, wants are desires. And I thought and have been told by people that, oh, well, all is well on the other side and you don't want for anything. So why are there wants or what did she mean by that if, if it's not that type of a want? Yeah, I don't know. She didn't really elaborate. But I will say that bear in mind that everyone that I spoke to, everybody, in fact, everyone that I, I channel, all my clients, loved ones, I mean, everybody in any, any medium will tell you this everybody's at a different level. So where Marilyn is could be who knows what level. There are something like, and I don't know the number, but something like 278 levels or 295, something like that of dimensions or levels of vibration. And I have no idea where she sits. But uh-huh. so they can only talk, they, they can only speak to the level they're at right. and maybe peer down, but they can't look up. So they can only speak to that level. So I was I was told recently that there are so many levels of truth. There's not just one truth. And I finally get it. I couldn't wrap my head around that concept, but I finally get it because we only know the truth from where we can see. As soon as I go up a vibrational notch and I can see higher, it's a whole new level of truth, a bigger truth. And that's how it goes. So Marilyn speaking to what she sees. And in fact, everyone in my book, they're only speaking to what really they can see and they can't see higher than themselves. And yet there was a common thread because I think the most profound thing that Marilyn said to you, or the one that struck me the most anyway, 
is something we talk about on the show all the time. You know, feel with your whole heart. Come from your heart. Don't miss an opportunity to tell someone that he or she means the world to you. And here in the physical plane, we don't want to get mushy, and yet we're made of love. We come from love. We are love. But we won't express it. It's really sad. To learn that she said that, it validated, again, just for me, the need or – uh, here's a better word, the importance of telling people you love them and not caring about the response that they give you because people really are hungry for that. They, they may not realize it, but they crave love. And this world needs it so desperately. It seems a common thread in the messages throughout the book. You would think that we would learn that by now that love really is all that matters and all that there is, but we don't. But that seemed to be a common thread through the messages that I found. You're absolutely right. And that's a good reminder for me too. Absolutely. Because, you know, I get these ideas that I've got to tell so-and-so I love them. I got to, I really want to share with so-and-so how I feel. And then you get busy and we don't, or like you said, we're worried about, well, what will they think? Will they think, Oh, what, what's going on with Lisa? Are you sick? Are you, you know, but it's, why wouldn't we, why shouldn't we, we should. And you're right. That is a common theme in the book. Love is all that matters. Love, kindness, peace, unity. Those are the only things that matter. Living your passion. Those are the kinds of things we're asked when we get to the other side. We're not asked, how big is your bank account? How much did you save? Right. How many de- degrees did you get? They only ask us, how much did you love? What did you learn? Did you live your passion? Those types of things. Did you live your truth? And so how, how are we going to answer? I don't know. I'm, you know, but we're works in progress. I'm working on it every day. Yeah, we all are. Yeah. And, you know, mm-hmm. speaking about that, there there is an offering from Jesus in your book for all of us, okay? Now, he told you, I'm here to help anyone who calls on me. It is my greatest joy to be in loving service to all. Okay, that's when I kind of laughed because I said, okay, that's what you're saying. And it's really quite a lovely and generous offering. But, you know, he kind of left out how to do that because, uh, you know, you pray, you ask for guidance. I have a situation going on right now that I could use some major help with, and yet I am not able to see where I am getting help. So, you know, I'm thinking the universe made me, God made me, spirit, however you refer to the God of your understanding, so they know how I receive information. You think they'd give it to you in a way that they know you would understand it. So is there really a direct way to get in touch with him to ask? You know, I thought prayer was it, but now I'm beginning to think, you know, maybe there's a direct email address or a phone number to call Jesus because he's <laughs> saying he's there to help you. I just don't get it when you, when, you, when you really think that you're praying and you believe that you're open to receiving and you don't, and there's a lot of things going on and you're not seeing. How is it that we don't see sometimes the guidance that we're getting? What is it that we're doing? I don't like the word wrong, but for lack of a better term, what is it that we or you say, what am I doing wrong? I'm not seeing what it is when I'm in a way of a response. And I'm usually pretty good about being aware and, and intuitive enough to be able to, to get things. So it kind of bothers me that I can't do it on this, in, in this area. What is it that, that Jesus expects us to be able to see or do? I mean, is it, is it a trick? <laughs> I really want to know. That, <laughs> I need to know. That's such a great, that's such a great point. And, Boy, do I ever share your sentiment. I have been so <laughs> frustrated over the years as well. 
and uh, and I wish I had that email. I do. And <laughs> but I've, over the years, I've kind of come to, and I mean, this is only my current understanding. I'm sure by tomorrow and next month and next year, I'll have a different one. But what I've understood from spirit thus far is that, so for example, when Jesus was here, I mean, on the planet walking around, as far as I know, he didn't walk around, wave his arm over everybody, <clears throat> his hands over the multitudes and say, Get up and walk, every one of you. You're all completely relieved of everything and anything that ever went wrong in your life. He didn't do that. And I used to wonder, well, why? Well, because now that, of course, I'm working with, of course, spirit and those on the other side, what they're showing me is that we contract to come into each lifetime with a set of things that we want to learn. We want to learn about this and that. We want experiences or that. We've got karma to balance with this one or that one. And so, and we don't remember it. The minute we get to the, to the earth, we have that veil of forgetfulness. We don't remember mm. what we contracted. So now we pray to Jesus, oh, God, please take this away, take this away. But what we don't know is that he cannot go against our higher self's calling and wish. And our wish was to come here to experience certain things. And so that's the tricky part here. That's the tricky part. So let's say I had an – I called, you know, before I even – came to the earth i decided i want to come back to the earth to learn about um how to overcome grief and not maybe die from it like some people will themselves to die from grief they just won't live so let's say that's what i'm about to learn well what would i need then i would of course need something to make me grieve so that yeah. would mean someone would die or leave me so that now someone has died or left me and i want to pray to just please take all this pain away but if god jesus the God of understanding comes through, waves it away, takes it away from me. I just, I just lost my opportunity to learn that. And so maybe I have to come back another life because I really wanted to learn how to do that myself. So I think we have to, yeah, just pray and ask for what we think as, as the human that we are, what we think we need and want. And then we say, you know, this or better or thy will be done. I don't know however you want to put it. But really just saying that this is what I think I really need. But if there's a greater plan, a divine plan that I'm not aware of, and that's better for me ultimately and my soul, then, of course, I'll, I'll, I'll abide by that. And then maybe, but then I, I usually ask, but then please give me the strength to get through this. Mm-hmm. Or give me the, uh, you know, the courage, the faith, the the, 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 my body to be stronger to handle all this or some such thing. Um, so I think it's kind of like that because not everybody who goes to a healer obviously gets healed. They're, they're not right. everybody's getting up out of the wheelchair and walking because right. that was their karma. And they wanted it. So they're not going to get up out of the wheelchair. Yeah. So I just usually tricky. The whole yeah. thing. It is very tricky. I mean, I've asked for guidance and said, look, you can send a letter. You know where the mailbox is, you know. I mean, it's really not hard. You're God. (laughs) (laughs) You can do anything. Just tell me what you want me to do. And then I wonder why am I not hearing what it is that you want me to do when I've clearly been given a direction and everybody agrees it's a direction that's a great thing to do. And then all of a sudden it starts to dissipate and it's you know, what's happening here? Why is this falling apart? We don't know. It it started off well and, and now it's just not as well as it was. So what do you do? So I figure you take the detour and you, and you try to find something else, but that gets to you after a while. It just be easier to, you know, have babies don't come with instructions. That's the problem. 
<laughs> no, and you know, I have heard that this is the insane asylum of the universe and that only the bravest of the brave come to Earth. This is the most difficult planet to be on and there and, and a lot of souls will never come to the earth because it's so harsh and so difficult and so really horrible that a lot of souls will just not come here. But those that are really brave come and test their metal here. And this is a really hard planet. And basically, it's like New York. If you can make it here, you can make it anywhere. <laughs> and it is, right? It is. Yeah. Because it's, it's the toughest planet to, to navigate. And because we forget everything. In other dimensions and other planets and other realms, we don't forget everything. We remember who we are. Imagine how great this would be if right now you and I remembered exactly who we were, that we are God source. We are connected and we have all the powers and the thises and the thats and all the help and the angelic realm. And if we could see it all and we knew they were right there standing beside us, we didn't have to imagine it. Well, things would be a lot easier. But uh, sadly, we don't. Earth, you don't remember. And you have to just, you know, have blind faith and, and trust that inner sort of gut feeling that's like, I'm not alone. I'm not alone. And I will get through this. And I must tell you that when I do my readings, and sometimes I'll tap into people, and I'll find out that, say, they're divorced. They'll be like, why, why, why did this happen? Or why did my child die? Or why did my divorce happen? Or why did, you know, I get abandoned by my family or whatever? When I dig in there and I go back, spirit will take me maybe a lifetime or two or three back. And then we'll see how it all got set up. And this is so appropriate what's happening to them today like that that divorce or that loss or that whatever it is, it's so appropriate, or that illness, it's so appropriate. And if not for that, I mean, that's what they came for, that direct experience. And if somebody were to whisk it away, it would be terrible because that would defeat the whole purpose of them even being here. And they'd have to come back and probably want to do this very thing again. So that's why these healers, there are healers on the planet, and they can work if it's not your karma to have that. And if you don't have any blocks in the way of that, then you can right. be healed. But most people have blocks in the way, and they have some karma that they're or, – or experiences they are coming to experience through that illness or whatever. So that's why even the best healers can't heal everyone, and they don't. Right. People ask me all the time, well, how come what you're doing doesn't work for so-and-so? And I, I tell them, well, how come chemotherapy doesn't work? Or how come radi- you know, radiation doesn't work? It's the same thing. I don't know your journey. If I knew your journey – that would be helpful, but I don't know what you're supposed to learn here. So it works for some and it doesn't work for others. And I've seen some miraculous totally. things happen, but I also know I'm not doing it. I'm not a healer. I'm the conduit. You're doing it. You heal yourself. I just give you the nudge by administering the energy therapy and your body knows what to do. So, yeah, I, I get that. Um, but what's interesting is when you said, you know, the, the bravest of the brave come here. And I'm like, I'm thinking I'm not brave. I'm pretty stupid because I keep coming back. <laughs> you know, why do we keep coming back? You know, it's like, why do we keep coming well, because back? Because we learn a lot. We, we get mm. a lot of uh, mileage out of this earth experience. This is a place where once you finish your life, I mean, you, you, in other words, one life here, from what I understand, is equivalent to maybe, and I'm just making this number up, but a lot of lifetimes, let's say 100 lifetimes somewhere else where it's a little easier. So, yeah, this is a fast those, track. <laughs> totally a fast track and those that come are especially in crippled bodies or with a lot of heavy yes. duty problems they they're growing exponentially from taking that yeah. kind of thing on so yeah mm-hmm, never judge that you know i have to remind myself not to judge any of that because 
those people are wanting a real fast track and they want to do 20 lifetimes in one, basically. Sure. Yeah. And that's a, you know, when people come in and they do something and they're mean, okay, like let's take Scrooge because, you know, we know that that's not anybody who's going to admit to being Scrooge. So we're not talking about any particular person, but you take Scrooge came in and was so horrible to, to people and such a miser and all. And yet at the end of his life, he learned but he sacrificed an awful lot. And you have to think who would want to make the sacrifice and do that and be that person that no one liked. That is a huge commitment. I didn't take it on. So as much as you don't like him, you kind of have to admire the fact that he was brave enough to take on that lesson and come here Mm -hmm. and be that person, be that spectacle and be the person that nobody liked. Might forget it when you're a baby coming in, but that's what you signed up for. And you know, yeah, it, it, if you can look at it that way, you can find room in your heart to forgive a lot more easily and to not judge because you realize, well, I wasn't the one that took that job. I didn't take that piece of the puzzle. I didn't want it, you know, so somebody else took it so that all of us can learn from it because that's what it really is, is all of us are learning from it. It's not just the person what? with it. Yes, indeed. And also Spirit has shown me again and again that we've all been everything. I have been the victim and the villain, the prostitute yep. and the prince, the you know mother, the father, the priest and the priestess and the prostitute. I've been all of it. I've been the killer. Yep. I've been all of it. Everybody has been everything, and that's why we are never to judge because maybe in this life we're not doing that, but we sure did in another one. And so mm. let's just accept that we've been everything, and this isn't our lifetime for being that particular expression. But, uh, you know, and just allow them their space for grace and their space to grow. And, you know, one of the things that you said about contracting with people and then we come here and we forget. But sometimes I firmly believe we're given a glimpse of, a, of the contract because everybody who's listening and I know it's happened to me. I'm quite sure it's happened to you, Lisa. You're, you meet someone and maybe, you know, that's the person I'm going to marry. There's an instant thought. There's an instant for just such a quick second you get this feeling that's so overwhelmingly good and you know and it's not sexual but it's an intimacy with another person that you're a soulmate to them male or female or that's the person you're going to marry it doesn't matter but you get that there's a knowingness inside you and you just know you're in alignment and that person is meant to be with you in some capacity do you know what I'm talking about do you get that feeling absolutely Mm -hmm. absolutely Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think you, I think those contracts, sometimes we get that glimpse and it's really kind of cool. And I think that, I don't know if you're follow, if you're working on your spirituality, I think that helps to validate things for you when that happens. And every once in a while you need it and boom, you just get it unexpectedly and you realize, yep, okay, all right, now I'm, now I'm back into my faith again and I understand. It's just a, I don't know, I'm sure it's happened to everyone. I'm sure you see it in the readings that you do as well. Oh, yes. And sometimes in the flip The flip side of that is sometimes I do see, and I'm sure many of the listeners and you probably too have had the experience where you see you're not supposed to go in a certain direction. And we do anyways, like I did a number of times in my life. And well, you know, what can we say? It didn't work out, (laughs) but we knew it, but we knew it, but we had to go through the experience, right? Yeah. There's something in it for us and it's okay. It's really okay. And I think that's what they mean in the book is there's no real right or wrong. It's just experience. That's it. Yeah. Now, one of the, one of your uh, 
guests in your book. Abe Lincoln came through uh, three times. I think he came through and he, he, he said some great things and all. And I was wondering, do you ever get to ask them questions? Like when he talked about what's happening today and everything, I just really wanted to know what does he think about this political climate today? I mean, I would have asked that question. So what do you think of the political climate, Abe? You know, <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, does he get into course. it? <laughs> well, I'm sure he would have. Made, well, I shouldn't say that. Actually, I don't know. But I bear in mind that I did this book. I channeled it in uh, Easter, April of 2015, and I was living in Canada at the time. I'm now in the states, but I was in I was in Canada when I channeled it. So um, that w- this wasn't necessarily going on, and I wouldn't have even thought at that time to ask anything about this, right. this yeah. kind of stuff. Nothing, um, you know. But yeah, I mean, but I, I think that they go, they still see things at a higher level, and they can still see it all kind of swirling and 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 being expressed all over the place. The light, the dark, the shadow, the light, and maybe they, I don't know. I get the feeling that they see the outcome, and that I think. From my understanding of the spirit world that I've talked to, all the various higher beings, middle beings, lower beings, whatever, they all kind of are saying that it's going to be all right. And I really feel it's going to be all right. And thank God, because I have a 26-year-old son. I want to believe it's going to be all right. And I'm getting the very good message. It's going to be all right. Now, does that mean everyone's going to, you know, flourish and be well and wonderful? Maybe not. But overall, these these issues, things are going to be all right. So I hold to that really tightly. And I can attest to that because when you read your book, and and as I said to you, there was something that came out of the page when you were doing the exercise with Jesus. There is a lot in it that, as, as I said, it's a quick read, but there was a lot in it that I thought, oh, this is good to know. And you just kind of knew that this is the God's truth. I mean, I'm not trying to make a pun here, but, but you know, it really is the God's truth and that things will be, will be good. And it kind of gives you a sense of security with all that's going on that we know is an illusion. Anyway, you know, this will, everything will work out and it will be good. And everything does happen for a reason, but it always does work out and we will be okay. As scary as it seems at times. So I have to say the book does hold the vibration. I felt it that you just said on this show and it's not written anywhere that the book may have a vibration. You, you got that from them directly, but didn't put it into book form into the book at all as a message. So to me, I just felt like, yeah, this is a book that you need to read. The holidays are coming. You know, it's a great book to give someone because it will help them with whatever's going on in their life. Just because there's so many neat messages in here from people that, you know, almost everybody can relate to at least one or two or 12 of the people in here. You know, it, it, it is really well done and you did a great job putting it together for them, doing their project for them. They should give you a raise. And, um, <laughs> <laughs> I could ask. But, yeah, you should. But I'm wondering, are you still getting messages and will you have perhaps another book? Yes. In fact, when the book finished, I had already, it was either two or three back, way back in 2015 and I knew they were for the next. And then, uh, so I haven't yet put that into book form. There, there's probably going to be a few books and I, I don't think they'll all be exactly like this, but I'm waiting for guidance on that piece of it because you see, mm-hmm. they came to me unbidden 
And it, this was not my idea. And they said, you'll have no control over it. And we'll tell you who's coming and what we're going to talk about. You have no control. You just take dictation like you did <clears throat> when you were a court reporter. So that's fine. I did that. But uh, so I'm guessing that there'll be another of a similar nature. But then I feel that independent of that there will be perhaps another one with some of the amazing stories that i'm getting just from my work with people and just learning some of the cool stuff and how things work and i just when i tell friends about some of these things i'm learning it's like oh my god lisa you need to put that in a book and it really is kind of just neat information that i think would have a positive benefit to the world too so yes i believe there will be and so we shall see Yes, we shall see, and hopefully you'll come back and join us as we are now almost getting to the top of the hour, Lisa. But before we go, would you please tell our listeners how they may learn more about you and where they may purchase your book, Dying to Tell You? Thank you. Yes, the easiest way to get there is 444 Books. That's three fours, three number fours, books with a plural, 444books.com, and that will take you to, well, my book is there, to book a reading is there. I offer... um, medium well my readings consist of mediumship and psychic information i do psychic matchmaking so if if a person's dating and they want to you know shorten the length of time that it takes to go out on all those coffee dates they can just give me the names first names of, of people they're considering dating and i can tap into them and and give them information that could shorten their list some i also do um something called hospice medium for mediumship and that's for Mm. people who are transitioning or know someone who's transitioning they're frightened and they have no hope for a cure so I give them hope of the future because there's a beautiful future for them and I share some of that with them and I can also share with them that some of the things that they're seeing are are legit they're really seeing angels or loved ones because they do come to them as they're dying And Mm -hmm. then I do uh, ancestral soul healing. So, again, people who have lost loved ones and there's unresolved issues and they think there's no way to fix this. Well, there is because when their parent comes or their brother or mother or father, I can um, bring in some real good, uh, you know, just just open the space for some dialogue and finally get some of that cleared and some of that that resolved and, and just make sense of some of what happened to them. So there's all kinds of things, but usually they just book a straight reading. And before we start, I ask them, what would you like to focus on today? So they don't have to know what type of reading they want. We just, I can go to do all of it. If you just want straight love and career and money, then I can do the psychic thing. I mean, it's all under that same umbrella and uh, all of that is on the the website, 444books.com. Well, thank you, Lisa. It has been wonderful having you on the show. The time went by very quickly, but, you know, there's so much information. And seriously, everyone, dying to tell you, channeled messages from the famously dead. Check out the book. It is a quick read. It's not a long book. It's wonderful. There's a lot of information in there that will benefit everybody who picks it up and reads it. So go ahead and get that for yourself. You know, who says you can't gift yourself? Get, get it for yourself after you read it. Then go out and get it for people on your list for the holidays are coming. So go ahead and do that. But thank you, Lisa, so much for joining us. If you would just stay on the line for a few minutes and I'll put you in uh, the green room and I'll be able to talk to you. Is that okay? Oh, wonderful. And thank you so much for having me. And the time did fly. I can't believe it. Yeah, it was it's great. Just, it's all gone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Thank you so much for having me, though. It was really a pleasure to be here. Oh, it is a pleasure for us. Thank you. Okay, listeners, we need you to spread the word. We need 
you enjoy what you hear on Energy Awareness Radio, so please share it with your friends. We live in a very challenging and constantly changing world, and that's why I have the guests that I do to keep you apprised so you won't get lost in the dross of life. We need to stay aware so we can navigate easily and live the life we're meant to live productively, healthfully, and purposefully. And this is where you find the tools to do just that. So send the link for this show to everyone you know and let them have the same opportunity that you just had so they may learn and grow and make the world a better place for all. On behalf of everyone here at Energy Awareness Radio, I'd like to thank all our listeners for tuning in. My name is T. Love, and I hope you'll be back next week for another great show here at Energy Awareness Radio. For more information about me, please visit my website, quantumwellness.org. You'll find an archive list of past shows, the lineup for upcoming shows, as well as information about other upcoming events I'll be hosting, including my sound healing concerts and labyrinth walks. Please check out Soji Huggles Children's Foundation where every dollar of every donation directly supports children in need. We are run completely by volunteers. There are no salaries, stipends, or compensation of any kind to anyone. So you can learn about our fundraising campaigns, and you can see exactly where the money goes and how it helps the kids in need. At Soji Huggles, we are investing in a brighter tomorrow by giving them a better today. So thank you for taking time to visit our website, SojiHuggles.org. Don't forget to follow me on Twitter at both at NRG Aware Radio and at Soji Huggles. And please like us on Facebook at Soji Huggles Children's Foundation. I am your host, T-Love, here at Energy Awareness Radio, intending you and yours a most wonderful week. Remember, living from your heart is quite easy. You need only give thanks to do so. Take care, stay well, and have a wonderful Thanksgiving, everyone.